Hi and welcome back to the show. Today I am being interviewed. The host is Tate Commodore. That's got to be one of the coolest names in the world, I reckon. His podcast is called the Bamboo Capitalist Podcast. The focus is on high caliber Western foreigners who are business entrepreneurs, owners or operators that spend significant time in Southeast Asia. So that must be me. I certainly spend a lot of time in the Philippines. So it's really good to have a conversation with Tate. He goes a little bit broad talking about life and lifestyle and origins and all that, which is uh, interesting. I talk a little bit about that, of course, but then we dive into the Philippines and of course, my favorite topic ever, outsourcing and global employment. So hope you find this interesting. Let me know if you do, if you don't, I might be doing more podcast interviews this year to spread the good word of outsourcing. As always, if you want any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. Enjoy. This podcast is brought to you by Outsource Accelerator. We are the world's leading outsourcing marketplace and advisory. We help big and small businesses with their outsourcing needs, and we can help you too. We cover everything from offshore business and staffing strategy, optimal outsourcing structures, implementations, and fully managed services. If you are already outsourcing, about to start, or are somewhere in between, then we can ensure that you get the best from outsourcing. That's the best prices, best terms, and of course, the best results from your offshore operations. The Outsource Accelerator Marketplace now covers over 3,000 outsourcing firms representing a global workforce of over 5 million people. We also host this leading outsourcing podcast, publish inside outsourcing, and have over 15,000 pages of content on the site. Because we span the entire market, we can ensure that you get the best deal possible. Get in touch today. Visit us at outsourceaccelerator.com slash quote. Also, if you find this podcast interesting or valuable, please share it. We have now produced hundreds of episodes featuring the outsourcing world's most prominent luminaries. Please show your support by sharing this podcast today. Welcome to Bamboo Capitalist Podcast with your host, Tate Commodore. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Derek Gallimore. Derek is the CEO and founder of Outsource Accelerator based in Manila, Philippines, and is regarded as a leading expert on all things outsourcing. Before we dive into Derek's background, Derek, Please say hello and share with us in 60 seconds who you are and what you do. Tate, hi. Thanks so much for inviting me on the show. My name is Derek Gallimore. I'm the CEO and founder of Outsource Accelerator. In short, we are the only marketplace representing the $250 billion offshore outsourcing sector. It's grown in popularity recently, but of course, remote work, global employment is really on the rise now, but actually it's been going about 30 years. So over the last uh, five, six years, I've been building the go-to marketplace for uh, global employment. 
Uh, I am based in the Philippines. I've been living in the Philippines, which of course is the heart of the outsourcing industry since about 2014, so about eight, nine years now. I've been outsourcing since uh, about 2011, and I have always been entrepreneurial and, and owning my own businesses. This is really now my third uh, business. I've bootstrapped all businesses and yeah, doing well. Thanks for that intro. Let's talk about your personal background first before we talk about your career background. Where were you born and where were you raised? Yeah, uh, it's it's mixed actually. I was born in the UK and then I was raised in New Zealand. And then only later on did I actually spend much time in Sydney. As an adult, I've spent basically my life split between Sydney, London, and Manila. Um, but I was raised in New Zealand, but I don't necessarily associate with New Zealand so much. Let's talk about your higher education. Did you go to school, university, any degrees obtained? Please tell us. Yeah, I um, did a generalist degree. Uh, I never really fit into school that much. I, I think I was always that sort of characteristic entrepreneur. Um, I didn't really enjoy school. I did school because I felt that I had to. I didn't necessarily excel because I felt feel stimulated by it. But I got a degree. And then when I was in London, I was in business, but I felt you know, I, I still didn't like school, but I felt the need to get a master's degree just as an insurance or to stay current. So I got a master's in management studies as well. But I, you know, I'm not super pro education. Tell us why the move and focus on the Philippines instead of other locations. Yeah, I was um, at the time I had a business in central London in the UK, but I was actually living in Sydney. In, the, in Australia and commuting back and forth to some degree. As the business grew in London, I quickly realized that having 24 seven customer support and sales staff was not feasible in the UK. It was way too expensive. So we built an office in the Philippines uh, and that was in 2011. And by 2014, the Philippine office was actually significantly larger. It had about three times the staff of the London office. So I, took it upon myself. I just went to the Philippines and thought I'll stay here for a while, play it by ear. And uh, eight or nine years uh, later, I'm still here. Uh, it was a good move. Obviously, that office became bigger so I could spend more time with that office. Uh, but also in terms of the Philippines, it's a great place to live. Uh, it is there's a lot of concrete in Manila. Um, it is an emerging market, but there's a lot of economic opportunity and uh, great people, and it's a great environment. So tell us specifically more about Outsource Accelerator. Was that company you just described Outsource Accelerator, or did that come later? When was Outsource Accelerator formed? And tell us specifically what it is. Sure. It is a different company. This is now my third company, Outsource Accelerator, is a marketplace representing the $250 billion offshore outsourcing market. Uh, as you know, with sort of um, marketplace fundamentals, they take a lot of work to get the flywheel moving. Uh, it relies on a two-sided marketplace, of course, the BPO outsourcing firms as the suppliers, and then the businesses in the West as the demand side. Uh, so we built this, I bootstrapped this company. It has been going about six years now, and it's now becoming very successful and a fantastic company. The first two or three years, it takes a little bit of time to get marketplaces going, but now it's uh, flying. Very exciting. And of course, we 
you know, it's it's a perfect storm in terms of people's awareness and acceptance and enthusiasm for outsourcing with uh, COVID and the move towards remote work and things like that. Uh, so it's really boom time now for the offshore industry. Your company be considered a an outsourcing broker or how would you describe what you do? Yeah, like we're a digital first platform. So you know, the terminology of what a marketplace does is variable. Like, for example, is Amazon a broker? Uh, is Alibaba a broker? Is Booking.com a broker? You know, it connects the buy side to the demand side, sure. Um, but we, you know, so we are a marketplace. The What is distinct about offshore outsourcing is that the suppliers are in one country and the clients are in another country. And so they need to be connected um, what is also distinct is that outsourcing is a very high value, long term relationship. Typically, when people start outsourcing, they will continue to do so for many years to follow. And it is commonly a multi million dollar uh, relationship. So, um, the way that we have built the marketplace is in respect of that sort of long term relationship. The bad thing with brokerage, when you get too involved, it encourages non-independence and it encourages favoritism and things like that. I, I think it is generally very hard to be a truly independent broker. And we are an independent marketplace. The way that we do that is just more sort of digital initiative instead of you know, traditional brokerage, which is getting on the phone consultations and things like that. So um, as much as possible, it's a kind of digital interaction. So let's talk about what is the average customer profile or as some might say, avatar of an outsource accelerator customer. They come to you and who is the ideal customer? So our platform caters to really any business across the West or the high cost English speaking world, anything from enterprise to SMEs to potentially entrepreneurs, solopreneurs and startups, you know, outsourcing can be applied to 99% of businesses across 99% of sectors. And we are a marketplace, a little bit like sort of TripAdvisor. So, you know, we can accommodate any kind of business on the platform and we help them with their outsourcing journey. We do tend to veer slightly more towards the SME market. Um, but of course, you know, we have major names that come across, come into the platform um, with relative frequency as well. We had Samsung the other day and Oyo and things like that. So, you know, I think people now, businesses are now realizing that outsourcing is for everyone. Before, there was a sense that outsourcing are these big call centers and they only service the likes of, you know, Facebook and Google and things like that. But um, really, it's very applicable to, to everyone across the board now. What would you say is the largest sector for outsourcing in the Philippines or in general? In terms of numbers, it would still probably be customer service, potentially sales, you know, all of those what originated from the call centers, uh, but that has really moved on. So those industries, you need just, you know, massive numbers of people. Also, AI annotation is huge at the moment with all of this sort of growth of AI um, or, you know, self-driving cars and things like that. Actually, behind that layer of technology are tens of thousands of humans that have to annotate, annotate the AI 
um, images and data and um, but beyond that you know the the real growth you see is in staff augmentation so it's no longer big call centers doing one function it is a typical small or medium-sized business like a lawyer an accountant or an architect and they need staff to work alongside their staff in their hometown and those staff might be administrators or accountants or marketers, digital marketers, salespeople, SDRs, uh, customer service, and things like that. So it's not necessarily one sector specifically, it's really across the board now, and that's where we're seeing tremendous growth. There's a term BPO, or I should say an acronym. Is that an old fashioned term? Is that still a thing? It seems like more just the word outsourcing is kind of more used Yeah, the industry is a little bit confused, really, with its identity. Um, Outsourcing is is a common name, but actually that's a bit of a misnomer as well. Now it's more offshore staffing. You're not necessarily outsourcing, which infers that you're sort of giving your task to someone else to do. That doesn't really happen so much anymore. And that concept of giving someone else the task or the roles or the staff, a lot of SMEs are uncomfortable with, you know, and as I mentioned before, now it's more just staff augmentation. So, but that doesn't roll off the tongue so well. In terms of BPO, that is more of a technical phrase for outsourcing. And, you know, as the name suggests, it's business process outsourcing. So that is in the old days of the call centers, you know, the big clients would say, look, we just want you to manage all of our customer service, that entire process can be managed by you. And, you know, that still happens, but again, it's not necessarily accurate. Unfortunately, with the phrase BPO, that has been adopted by the industry and generally outsourcing firms are referred to as BPOs. So again, it's a little bit sort of complicated in nature, um, but the whole thing fits under this umbrella of outsourcing, business process outsourcing, or global employment, staff augmentation, offshoring. It's unfortunately got a lot of uh, different monikers. Let's talk about cost. So you have the SMEs and then you have these other, on the other end of the spectrum, you have these multinationals, which both utilize outsourcing, both utilize BPO services, potentially. How does the cost work? How much do you charge them? What's the structure like? How does that work? Yeah, it it depends. I mean, I'm based in the Philippines, but we represent outsourcing firms from right across the globe, you know, whether it's uh, India or South Africa or uh, Africa now, Fiji, things like that. So, of course, there's uh, many, many different cost structures. I'll try and outline that basically, though. Um, But, you know, generally to the major markets, you can save about 70 percent of your staff costs. Okay, that is an all-in cost. So as you might appreciate, if you hire, if you employ someone locally, let's say maybe for fifty thousand US dollars per year, that is not the all-in cost. That is the salary. Um, when you add on the extra costs of, you know, the health insurance, the insurances, the um, all of those taxes and office and all those things, typically it will come to about 50% more as a rough guide. Uh, So you can shoot to save about 70% on that all-in cost, which is pretty phenomenal. The the major thing that it leverages, of course, is the lower cost of living around the world. Many people might see that as unethical, but certainly I don't feel that I'm unethical. uh, And I see outsourcing as giving an incredible an incredible opportunity 
to these emerging economies and the population within the emerging economy. Uh, I've seen firsthand the incredible up economic uplift that outsourcing has provided for the Philippines and India. Um, it really is bringing in phenomenal economic activity. Um, but basically in these countries, such as Philippines and India, salaries are considerably, considerably lower, which we can go into if you, if you want. And in terms of of like the sort of fee that would what the company would pay i'm sure there's like a fee to set up an advisory fee just sort of you know to come to you because you have all the resources you have all the connections to get everything set up is there sort of like a fee structure that typically applies yeah and again you know it's a little bit like we are a marketplace so we represent the industry and it's a little bit like going to booking.com and saying how much is a hotel you know a hotel can cost 50 bucks a night or fifty thousand bucks a night in terms of cost structure. Um, I can give you an idea of what seat leasing would cost. Okay, so you have a person's salary, uh, and then you have the government contributions on top. In the Philippines, majority of salaries for administrative staff and sort of low level professionals will be between about 500 US dollars per month and 1000 US dollars per month. On top of that, you then have the uh, government contributions, which can be about 20-25% on top of the, the salary. Um, with the seat leasing model, the BPO intermediary does not take any markup or margin on the salary or those government contributions. They are passed through to the client at cost. On top of that then is the outsourcing service fee. And the way you can think of that is a little bit like WeWork but it's like we work on steroids. So you pay for a facility, you pay for A-grade facilities, you pay for a dedicated desk, and then all of the hardware that the, the staff member would use, typically including dual screen monitors, a nice environment, happy environment. On top of that, of course, it's all of the employment. So the compliance, the payroll, uh, and having these people properly legally employed and compliant with the local labor laws. On top of that, then, of course, is all of the account management and potentially also some operational oversight. So that fee that goes to the intermediary can sometimes, well, it can vary, of course, but can be between about 300 US per month and about 1000 US per month in the Philippines, of course, depending on where you are. So all in, you know, you can get fantastic uh, staff, for you know maybe um, look it depends but 12 to 15 to 1700 US dollars per month let's talk about your company specifically if you were just give us an idea of the volume in terms of how many how many companies have you serviced that have needed outs I know you're a marketplace and it provides a lot of resources but um, in terms of the portion that includes like pairing just give us a sense of the sort of scale yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so we, I'm just trying to pull up uh, a summary of uh, 2022, but we generally generate about 2,000 inbound inquiries per month. And so they are outsourcing inquiries from firms across the globe. Uh, typically, we are, you know, it's inquiring for about three and a half thousand full-time staff per month. And there's a sort of lifetime value estimation at around about we're around about sort of a uh, hundred million per month now about sort of 80 90 million per month in terms of the valuation of those inquiries so yeah that's what we do in the last 
12 months, so for 22, we did uh, 28,570 full-time job jobs uh, worth about 857 million. That is the inquiry value. Uh, and then of course, those are distributed to our outsourcing partners. Um, those people start outsourcing. And how is that inquiry value calculated? What's the formula for that? It's getting into the weeds a little bit, but it is estimation at an average cost per staff member of 1250 US dollars per month uh, with the average tenure of about two years. That doesn't include any natural expansion. So typically teams will expand. Um, they'll go from one to two to 10. You know, we don't factor that in, but effectively it's at 1250 US dollars per month times 24 months per staff member. That is pretty technical. And so how do you manage that flow? You have you have a team in-house. How big is your team? Uh, we've got our core team. So we have an incubator as well. So all up, we're about 350 staff. We have a core team of about 70 staff. We are fast, fast growing. And I think that in terms of the marketplace side, we will triple or quadruple in 2023 in terms of um, you know the, the people that we are servicing and the inquiries that we generate. So it sounds like you have tremendous business flowing right now. How have things changed in the industry during COVID? Let's say, let's just give us an idea of through COVID up to the present and then the projection going forward. Yeah, it's hard to know. Uh, there's, you know, you might know this yourself, the audience might realize this as well, but just the awareness of remote and global employment, I think, is on an upward trajectory. And then with COVID, as it forced everyone to experiment with remote work and more digital interfaces, that has just really helped things along. Also, we are now heading into potentially a recession or certainly tougher economic times, and businesses are forced to look at ways of operating more efficiently. And of course, outsourcing will spring to mind when they look at all of those options. So of course, in good times, people think, you know, hey, I want to keep staff locally. Um, but of course, in tough times, they they really look for operational imperatives. So we're seeing all of this. It, it's really creating a perfect storm for people to explore outsourcing. The big businesses, enterprise, have been outsourcing for 20 or 30 years now. It's really a saturated market, but the small and medium-sized businesses really haven't. And it's now time for them. The market is mature and outsourcing firms are working with small and medium-sized businesses now. And so it's just a huge opportunity for everyone to take advantage of, of this opportunity. And you know what I'm what I'm talking about more generally is not you need to get your staff in an outsourcing firm. The broader concept here is global employment. You know, instead of hiring in your local town, uh, especially now that, you know, even if you hire in your local town, they're most probably going to be sitting remotely from their home anyway. The broader opportunity is that you can source your team from a global pool of candidates. And that means that there's about 8 billion people in the world that you can potentially choose from, from, you know, about 180 countries. It's really an incredible opportunity that people are only now just realizing is is out there. And it's out there, the infrastructure's out there, the digital interfaces are now sort of normal uh, and remote work is accepted. So there's there's a huge ramp up to it now. Even with all of the tech layoffs happening 
in the U.S. currently in early 2023, you think there's still tremendous uh, demand from SMEs moving forward? Yeah, you know, um, so outsourcing is traditionally counter-cyclical. So when times are hard, then generally people will double down on outsourcing. Now, of course, you know, and also recessions aren't uh, sort of a broad brush approach. Tech sector is laying off a lot of people, but still there are massive, massive staffing shortages in many other sectors of the economy. You know, healthcare, there's like two and a half million nurse shortages uh, and things like that. A lot of industry is still doing well. So, you know, there it's it's a mixed picture. But definitely if people want to continue to expand, if people want to push for profitability instead of burn, if people want to sort of get financially independent instead of relying on VCs, um, if they need to cut costs yet, you know, by laying off a lot of staff, it can destroy your business, then all of these are really, really good reasons to consider or at least just explore offshore staffing because it can afford you to access literally millions of high caliber staff from around the world. And at the same time, you get to save significant money, you know, whether it's sort of 50, 60, 70% of your typical staffing costs. It, it's truly a win-win. And what are outsource accelerators future growth plans? Ah, well, domination. Like I think, you know, just take it um, whatever, day by day, month by month. I expect that we will sort of 3X this year conservatively. Uh, it's a relatively small base, so you know we're we're still still growing. Um, but it's it's an exciting road ahead. I think that generally, you know, as I mentioned, we're bootstrap. We don't have a lot of money to burn. I think that's a good thing. But there's a huge market, and so you know, I think we can comfortably double, triple every year, year on year for a good number of years. You know, and and then we'll be uh, continue to be in a pretty good place. Tell us about the biggest roadblocks that you encountered setting up and operating Outsource Accelerator in the Philippines. Yeah, the the Philippines and, and emerging markets are, they can be more complex. Definitely. The ease of doing business in the Philippines is very low. So you can get caught in a bit of a quagmire of just bureaucracy. Uh, you know, I don't just want to pin it on the Philippines. It's generally in emerging markets. Those things can really bog you down, but you you just have to sort of keep your eye on the North Star. Honestly, you know, a lot of these things really need to be tended to. They need to be done properly and they take enormous amounts of time. However, they're relatively cheap to manage and also, you know, professional services are relatively cheap in the Philippines as well. So you just need to ensure that they get done, but not let the the tail wag the dog necessarily um they need to be done but just get them done and then focus on your main business before we say goodbye give us a key takeaway call to action that you might recommend for someone who's looking to make the jump to southeast asia or the philippines either on a personal level or on a career level what would you suggest yeah just do it just do it uh, don't overthink it just come out um, buy a plane ticket you know, it's not too hard to reverse that decision and it shouldn't cost you that much. So just come out here. Uh, Southeast Asia generally is it's boom time right now. Uh, it's a young 
population. It's exciting. There's a lot of growth and it's also an emerging market. So, you know, it, it's a little bit gritty and exciting. Uh, if you want any insights, I would recommend like check out maybe Reddit or Facebook. Generally look for expat groups on Facebook and just join the group. And if you need a little bit of sort of assurance or questions, you can always ask them. Generally, you get those expat groups in for representing any city in any country you want to go to. So, yeah, but just do it. Jump on a plane come out and check it out. If someone wants to reach you, what is the best way for them to contact you? Uh, yeah, come to the website, outsourceaccelerator.com. Check me out on LinkedIn, Derek Gallimore on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, happy to chat if they have any outsourcing needs. Listeners, head over to bamboocapitalist.com. You'll find the notes for this interview with Derek and with links to what we talked about here today. Derek, thank you for sharing your fascinating story with us. It's been a privilege speaking with you. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Really, it was fun. Subscribe to the Bamboo Capitalist podcast at bamboocapitalist.com. That was Tate Commodore of the Bamboo Capitalist podcast. If you want to hear more podcasts from him, check out Bamboo Capitalist podcast from wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, if you want any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. And... If you want to email us, just send us an email to ask at outsourceaccelerator.com. See you next time.